leading in a pandemic? How is one leader's experience perhaps part of a broader trend for coping with the challenges of COVID-19? This is a podcast from Integrity Solutions. I'm Michael Terrell. I'm Gary Karthauser, Senior Regional Managing Director with the Principal Financial Group. Gary Karthauser is based in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he oversees his firm's operations in Nebraska and business centers in California and Oregon. Principal is a leading financial services firm serving individuals and business owners. Gary has been with Principal for decades. Our thinking is, what's a seasoned leader like Gary seeing in his neck of the woods in terms of leadership, coaching, and the impact of the pandemic? And what of Gary's experience is perhaps seen in the challenges and changes that leaders are grappling with everywhere? We reached Gary recently at his base in Lincoln, Nebraska. What follows is an edited version of that conversation. Gary, thanks for carving out some time for this. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to be with your audience today. We're interested in exploring how you see leadership shifting, challenges and opportunities. But first, can you level set for us about your view of leadership as a veteran leader? I feel very strongly at this point in in my life that servant leadership will provide the best outcome, not only for the people that I work with and serve, but for me personally. The longer that I've been at this, the more I see the impact of helping others get what they want. And if I'm successful at that, almost always, it's a more satisfying and a a more significant outcome for me uh, in a sense of accomplishment. The way that that shifted over time, I got into this business at 21, right out of college. So at 28, 29, I entered leadership and, and I was more focused uh, back then as I think through what was my motivators. I was chasing things, chasing income, chasing a lifestyle, chasing outcomes without really focusing in on how do I work with and help others, the people that I was serving, how, how would I help them get what they want? I probably had a, a more of a proactive focus on how do I get what I want? And I found very, very quickly uh, as I evolved in this that that left more of an empty feeling and, and it didn't, uh, it wasn't sustainable for me to continue to have that focus. And that's what really drove me more to a servant leadership style. When we spoke earlier, you mentioned a shift that you went through early in your career. Can you tell us about that briefly? What changed for you and why? I was at a crossroads in my career, very successful from a standpoint of uh, metrics that the company would use, metrics from an income standpoint, but that internal feeling of satisfaction, that internal feeling of purpose wasn't wasn't where I thought it should be or could be. And when I shifted focus to uh, really helping others get what they want, what I found was my income went up, my satisfaction went up, my energy level went up, my commitment went up, and my sense of belonging changed dramatically. So from the late 80s until today, that's been a pretty much a cornerstone of, of how I want to approach uh, helping others and serving others. Thank you, Gary. Can you talk about values and ethics for a minute and the role they play? Where do they fit? I feel very, very strongly that people don't join an organization necessarily for the money. Obviously, everybody has, has a goal and a need to sustain their, their lifestyle and their family. And I also don't believe that the major reason that they leave a company or a firm is over money. My experience tells me that it's a sense of belonging to something larger than themselves that they can connect to from a value, purpose, and and mission-driven sense. And if you believe that to be true, and I do, 
then being able to demonstrate your commitment to values, your commitment to ethics and purpose beyond a framed vision or a mission statement that hangs on a wall, it's critical to attracting uh, top talent and keeping that talent connected to your firm. Now, I want to talk to you about the pandemic, but before we do that, can you share your thoughts on the role of coaching as a leader, how you see coaching in your company traditionally and, and how it's valued? I think coaching is is critical to our success, and it's one of the most important things that we can do on a day-to-day basis. I think the the enemy of coaching is the sense that I don't have time to do that, that I need to, to move forward. I need to get something done today. I need to be proactive. And I think most of the people that are in management, in leadership, whatever term you want to use, are a personality. So they're chasing a goal. They're chasing a corporate directive. But I firmly believe that people do better when they know that you're engaged in what's important to them. And that's really what coaching is, both personally and professionally. So we coach both to the personal goals and objectives and the professional goals and objectives that an individual has, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that if things aren't going well in their personal lives, that it's going to bleed over to their professional lives. So if I've got a keen sense of why somebody gets up every day and why they come into work and what their short-term, medium, and long-term goals are, the key to coaching to me then is to take that emotional piece, because that is emotional, get away from the numbers, which are, are not emotional, and tie their day-to-day activities, tie their, their business goals and objectives to accomplishing those larger emotional goals that they have personally, professionally, family, the things that are going to uh, influence how they feel, the energy level that they have. So the key to coaching to me is to marry those two things and make sure that if, if you're not talking about emotion, and things that they want to accomplish, you're, you're missing the mark when it comes to coaching. Thank you, Gary. Let's pivot now to the pandemic. What are the biggest leadership challenges now, and how are leaders shifting gears? I think as, as you think about what we've been through the last several months, I think most people are feeling more isolated. They've got higher anxiety. They've got more time on their hands to think because you're not going to dinner, you're not going out to eat, you're not going to the movies, you're not, there's a lot of things that we're not doing that was a huge part of our life. So you've, you've got some mourning involved in what we thought was normal before to the new normal and that feeling of isolation. So I think as a leader, the challenge has been to find the connectivity to uh, the individuals that we have been working with that in a lot of cases we saw every day. Could walk down the hall and ask somebody about the sporting event, you know, how did your son or daughter play yesterday? So those connectivity points now become very, very intentional because they don't just happen. So the one thing that I, that I thought a lot about on the front side of this is I'm going to have to be much more intentional without letting them know that it's intentional. So uh, the level of contact that I had via the phone, the level of teams calls that we've done, uh, we did virtual uh, uh, happy hours. Uh, so I kept track of people at a much, much higher level. And once we got through the initial phases of what we were dealing with, and we had to settle into the fact that this isn't going to be weeks, this is going to be months of this, I shifted my focus to, to really drilling down with these people and, and getting them to express how they are doing. Because if you just generally ask how you're doing, people are going to say, I'm doing okay. But if you, if you, if you drill down to 
how are you feeling? How are you coping? How are the kids? How, how is this impacting you as a mother or father? How's the homeschooling going? How is, so being very intentional about those questions and giving people permission uh, and safety to talk about those things, it's, it's driven a, a different level of connectivity and emotional connection with people. And, and that has not been a, a natural part probably of what most leaders have had to deal with because it's been very, very easy to walk up and down the hall and, and have those connecting points during the day. I wonder if you could explore what you see that's coming out of all this that's surprising outcomes. You've talked about how clients are embracing change, for instance. I think one of the byproducts of this whole thing is from a standpoint of change and technology and the things that might move a business forward or hold a business back, the uniqueness of this has been that it's forced our clients into change. So typically, we're, we're the ones that are dealing with technology or changes out there. Think about this from a client perspective. The clients that weren't technology savvy before are today because they're not able to see their grandkids. They can't connect uh, with family members. You think about from weddings to funerals to life events that normally happened in person, they're all virtual today. So clients had an opportunity to either say, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be totally isolated or, Hey, I got to get on board. So I think the leverage point for business owners is going to be, are we going to get together with people on a personal basis? Sure. Uh, I'd rather do that personally than be virtual, but from a standpoint of efficiencies, I think we're going to have clients that are, that are going to want three meetings virtually and maybe one meeting together where before we had four reviews together. So they're looking at this and they're saying, I don't have to drive somewhere. I don't have to take, take the time. I don't have to take the energy and I can still get the information. So I think the innovators and the thought leaders are going to adjust to meet the client where I think the client has been forced to go and the clients are very, very adaptive. So it's up to us to adapt and again, meet the client where they're at and then serve them and give them what they want. Gary, you have a point of view about people shifting their own personal value propositions in the pandemic. Can you explore that briefly here? What COVID has done is, is it's forced us into some self-reflection in, in my mind. We've had downtime. So how are you going to fill that downtime? And as I visit with clients, as I visit with uh, people that I know very, very well that are willing to share, they've taken account of where they're at from a family standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from a work standpoint, and they've reassessed what's important to me. So before, when you got your head down and you're working hard and, and you're just running, 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 you don't have time to reflect and you almost stay on that wheel if you want to use that analogy. And the wheel slowed down to the point where some, of, some people that hadn't done those things have gotten off that wheel. And now they're saying, what do I really want? What's going to make me happy? What would make my family happy? Am I chasing the right things in life? So I, I have seen a major uh, reassessment. I've seen it in our, in our business. There's people that are thinking about retiring that financially could do that, but before that would have been a foreign thought to them. Uh, so I think there, there's a major shift going on where people are reassessing what's really, really important because some of these distractions have been taken away from them where voluntarily they would have never given those things up. But when you're forced, all of a sudden, what do you do with that? And most people eventually, they, they, they sit down and they do some, some uh, real accounting of 
where they're at, where they want to go, and how am I going to get there, and, and what's really important in life. That's Gary Karthauser, a senior leader at the Principal Financial Group, sharing his thoughts on leadership and particular challenges in the pandemic. Before we signed off earlier with Gary, I was interested to hear his thoughts on recruiting today and how he views this as a prime time for finding great talent. I think one of the things that has changed with COVID and with some of the the reset of people sitting down and saying, where am I at? Where am I going? What's important to me? We touched on some of that earlier. I think some of the people that would have said, I'm bulletproof never going to make a change on where I'm at and where I'm going to be for the rest of my careers. And whether it's through uh, their business being altered because of the isolation that, that I think they're looking at this and saying, I'm not bulletproof. Like I thought I was eight months ago. So I really believe that there's some incredible talent that would entertain an opportunity to sit down. But I think the key to that is you better be firm in the culture, the mission, the vision, in, in what uh, your firm is about, because I think people today are going to be very, very selective in terms of who they join. They want to join something larger than themselves. They want to be able to connect to the mission and vision of your organization. And I think they're looking for value, um, which I think has become forefront in this whole reassessment and time to, to, uh, to contemplate and think. Uh, I think people have realigned their values and, and what they want uh, so I, I would encourage people to uh, maybe approach people that they didn't think were uh, recruitable before. And if you change your mindset from this is a horrible time because everybody's hunkered down and why would anybody make a change? I think it's the absolute opposite of that. I think people are looking for that next opportunity that's going to align with where they want to go as an individual and a family and, and, and make sure that the purpose and, and uh, uh vision and mission is tied into that. Gary Karthauser, a veteran leader at Principal Financial Group. He's based in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he oversees Principal's operation in Nebraska as well as two business centers in California and Oregon. You've been listening to a podcast from Integrity Solutions. You can find more about Integrity Solutions at IntegritySolutions.com. I'm Michael Terrell.